Pierre, you want to come out here? All right, well, we'll jump right into it. Welcome back to the Opportunity Knox podcast. I'm your host, Mateo. I'm joined here by Suli Zink, uh, one of the all-time greats of the door-to-door field. Uh, she's got an incredible resume, and I'm just going to work my way through it real quick. She started back in 2008, which is probably a tough yeah. time to start and a lot going on in the world at that yeah. time. Uh, she slowly broke records, moving up through the ranks, becoming uh, the top-selling female rep in, I think, all of the United States. So I don't know how D to D experts compares it. They just use the word nation, so we'll see. All right, that. all right. Uh, and then, so in 2020, she got her first Golden Door, selling approximately 1,200 accounts in a summer, which is no small feat. This kind of, I felt kind of bad going through these almost. It was very humbling to see the results that uh, you've been able to achieve over these years. Uh, And and then also a little bit hopeful to see if we can match those eventually in the future. But I'll keep- Oh, records are meant to be broken. I'll I'll keep going through them here. So in 2021, second golden door, but this time she does it in solar. So she's making 150 new accounts in as many days which is a blowout achievement as well. That's insane. And then in 2022, she goes back for the three-peat and she gets Golden Door number three, uh, also in solar, making her the first female recipient of three Golden Doors and the first to do it in two separate industries. So I'm going to stop talking here. I want to hand it over to you, Zuli. Uh, How how you been doing here, Zuli? No, good. Like, thanks so much for the um, opportunity to kind of be on here. Like, one of my goals is basically... Um, partnering up with as many people as I can out there. I just understand that there's so many women across the entire country who are just kind of looking for tools and ways and feedback on uh, on ways to just kind of do better in their space. And so I just appreciate the opportunity to uh, kind of be with you be with you guys today. Excellent. Well, I, w- I want to go kind of all the way back in time because a lot of the people listening to this will be kind of rookie salespeople in, in almost any field. And so I want to yeah. get a sense of, you know, the person that you were on day one. What was your attitude about life and sales? What did you think you were getting into? And kind of take me through, set the frame of who you were and what that okay. first summer was like. No, and I love this question because most people, uh, they kind of find me when I've in their mind already created that success. And so what they haven't seen or people who are just recently meeting me, they don't know the the, the grit, the tears and everything that happened to be able to, to get here. And sometimes I also kind of struggle sharing um, my story of the first year because I, I also know that I'm an anomaly uh, in the sense that. I grew up in a very poor background. I grew up on like food stamps. I was raised by like super humble people, but their vision wasn't beyond a nine to five job, you know, just pay the bare minimum when it comes to like food and necessities. And when I was given the opportunity of like, hey, Sue, you can be in a position where you'd be able to take care of all of your schooling, your finances and be able to help your family. I didn't believe it. I was like, there is no possible way, like six figures in a summertime, like people don't do that. And if they do, it's not for me. It's not, um, I don't see a lot of minorities, you know, being woman, being African-American and all those things. Like I always looked at it as just like an American dream that like was unattainable. 
And he was just like, Suli, like I, he knew the type of person that I was. I served a church mission and I just always believed in my work ethic. And he was like, if you just take that same work ethic and you apply it here, I promise that you're going to find the success that I'm telling you that you're going to find. And so um, I showed up my very first summer with vans that had holes in them. And I was basically disowned by my family. They're like, there's no money in sales. Like, why the heck are you doing like door to door? And you're like leaving to go to a completely different state. Like, it's a scam, like all the things. So it kind of just gave me the fuel um, at the same time. I knew that I was that I wasn't going to have the same skill set as everyone on my team. The way that I was going to beat them, though, is I was going to outwork them. No one was going to show up on the doors before me and no one was knocking later uh, than me was kind of like my mindset this first year. And so I landed in Seattle. Uh, Seattle, Washington was where I had my very first summer. You know, tons of hippie green people who don't believe in killing bugs and and all these kinds of things. But I was just like, I know if I put in the hours, if all else fails, like my numbers are going to add up and literally Day three, I serviced 11 accounts, never doing door-to-door sales. And I was like on the company newsletter and they're like, what the freak? I watched one of my managers who was very like, very cocky and very rude to people on the doors. And I was like, okay, if I could be nice and not like him and put in the hours, like it's going to happen. So I did 11 accounts, my very third summer, first time on the doors. And I ended up setting the the female record my very first year and doing 316 accounts. But my only mindset was I don't have the tools that these guys have. What they don't have that I do is work ethic. So I was just always on the doors first and I was always the last one off the doors. And I lost friends and reps and things, you know, because of it. I just... I had that mindset I was going to work, outwork everyone around me. That's awesome. And we do find that those people who possess the work ethic and the drive to get this stuff done are obviously going to see those outsized results. But but what did that come from? Was it uh, a competition, like a competitive drive as I want to beat people? Was it just ingrained into you at you know throughout your childhood that you got to put in these hours? Uh, you, you know, what, what did that stem from? What drove you to go out there and become yeah. this you know, insanely addicted grinder? This. You know, when looking for for women or recruiting women, like what are some attributes to to look for? Obviously, women who have been in in sports, which I have done that. Um, and so women who do that consist consistently are going to be super competitive. But for me, what drove me was the um, situation that I was born into. I was just one of those people that I, I just always dreamt big. And I knew that if I ever got in front of an opportunity, it was just I was going to go all in. Like I hated growing up poor. I hated having to be, you know, on state government assistant while growing up and my friends can go on trips and things like that. So like the absolute feel for me, like from day one, I didn't have kids or, you know, married at the time, but I knew that if I wanted to have a lifestyle for my kids that I didn't have growing up, it was going to start from like right then and there. And so for most women, they don't go in feeling like this is going to be a, a, a forever thing. For me, it was just like a, this is an all or nothing. I know people who personally did it and I am going to hang out with them. It just it, it, it wasn't I, I think I was just born with that desire of like, even though I grew up in a in a in a poor environment, I wasn't going to have that for my kids. Yeah, always striving, always looking for that next thing. That's awesome. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and so before we move on to the next stage in your career, um, what was it like at the end of that summer? So you come off, you have just one summer in the books. How have you changed as a person? 
Yeah. Uh, for one, it just showed me the possibilities that the, the things that were possible, like to grow up in an environment where I knew nobody in door to door. I've never seen it um, or anything like that. I came back and it was just like the most hopeful summer in the sense of like it was a shitty summer. Like I spent days crying. I came home at night. Like, how am I going to do better than like the next day? Like I was dealing with like roommates who were just so annoyed with me because I would never pick them up from area because I was knocking and I came home and it was like, how am I going to be able to double and triple what I did? Um, what do I need to do? And I just became obsessed in the off season. And that's one thing I feel like a lot of inexperienced reps don't do. They're like, hey, when I show up for the summer, I'm going to do what I got to do. But the more experience reps that you guys interview, like the biggest difference is what they were doing behind closed doors. And I became obsessive after my first summer. The people that I was hanging out around like 15 summers later, and I still write out my script, you know, on a daily basis and like doing all the things that I needed to. I didn't have teams, but I plugged into everything that the company had or they had like competitions or they had in-person meetings or things like that I just I became obsessed after my first summer yeah well that's such that's such a key to this on so many levels right just being able to outwork the competition by being obsessed and then coming home after all those hours and studying right and writing your script out like you said and watching videos it's it's such a huge uh addition to the workforce and and so now you go into becoming a manager uh when when does that happen is that a couple years down the road is that the next year yeah so summer number Number three, it was also the same summer that I finally saw what it, what it looked like to earn six figures, you know? And so, you know, in 2010 or 11 or way back then to finally start seeing six figures was like a a big deal. Um, but being a woman in the space too, it was hard. I was also uh, married at the time, um, to my husband who was courting me like the, the year before. So navigating being married my first year, um, as well as like being a woman and having like a bunch of guys on the team, you know, who's like, okay, you know, to look up to this person and things like that. It was probably one of the most emotionally draining things for me. I basically told my husband every other day I was divorcing him. And so coming home, you know, dealing with like reps and then taking it out on the, the, the husband, it was, it was super hard and it wasn't my favorite. Um, in all honesty, I'm one of those like, man, if I can just go out and just knock for myself and not have to babysit, like life would be great. But I knew that if I wanted to grow in multiple aspects, that this was going to be something I'd have to keep trying and doing, even if I was going to be failing at it. And I feel like I still find failures in in managing and, and running teams, but I just I just stay consistent in it. Yeah, and we can if we can linger on that just a little bit more. What does it take to find that balance between work and and family, and, and not be burnt out uh, in either of those, or sacrifice either of those things? Yeah, and I get asked this question uh, a lot, and transparency, like there is no balance, at least for me personally. It's like when I'm home, yeah, in those moments and in those days, I'm home. Um, But for the most part, like my why and my visions of where I ultimately want to take my family, where we're going to go, it just consumes our entire life. And my kids and husband are kind of just bought in. Um, And so we kind of just made the the decision that this was just going to be something that we were going to chat about, like on a weekly basis and make sure that like, hey, what I'm doing is in alignment of the sacrifice, you know, the sacrifices. But 
we're very big on traveling. I, my family didn't have the money to travel when I was growing up. You know, you see all these people on like family vacations and I wanted my kids to be able to do that. And so, um, we have done it like frequently, like I sprint so hard and door to door and my kids have probably been to more countries than most people read about. And because we travel every single month, I feel like that grounds us into, not necessarily the sacrifice of door to door, but the blessings that comes with it, that it just keeps wanting us to do it on a regular basis. Cause every single month we're doing things that just like, you know, brightens our relationship and things like that. Yeah. There's almost something more natural about that cycle of we're going to sprint and then we're going to rest and then we're going to sprint yeah. and rest as opposed to yeah. just this steady clip of, you know, nine to five or, or what have you. Yeah. yeah. Thousand percent. And uh, so going on throughout those years, you mentioned earlier, just before we started filming here, that there was a summer you actually knocked uh, while pregnant and you're out there on the doors and you killed it. You did how many sales? Yeah, I I also have like a hard time, too, with um, reps who make excuses on the doors. And it's also, you know, hard to show that like right now because they see me more uh, when I'm successful. Um, But I've done all the things like being almost. 275 pounds and knocking doors, like literally almost bearing kids, you know, while knocking doors. And so my first starter, um, she was born in 2013. Uh, we all call her like a summer baby. I was literally like knocking doors and kid, like having contractions. My manager was like, sweet, I'm coming to pick you up <laughs> to take you to the hospital. And I was like, not after I get one more sale, you know, I need to get one more service to count. And so um, that year, I only had knocked a total of eight weeks, if you count up all the days. And I did about 272 service accounts uh, in those eight weeks, being well over 250 pounds and giving birth to my daughter August 4th and uh, completing those service accounts before giving birth to her. That's huge. It's it's yeah. funny. I, I go back to when I had my, my rookie year there, I, I stubbed my toe in like a volleyball game. I broke my toe and I thought I was, you know, the biggest badass going out there. I'm like, yeah, I got a broken toe and I'm still out here. I'm limping between yeah. the doors. <laughs> and yeah. that just, that puts me to shame, right? Like that's a whole yeah. other level of, of commitment. That's awesome. Yeah. We, we all have our, you know, different uh, things that we're overcoming for sure. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, was there a mentor throughout this time? Like as you move from rookie to uh, becoming a manager and then, you know, more of an experienced manager, probably with larger teams, is there someone that guided you or is a couple people? Yeah. And so if I could go back and do something different, it would be that it would be Mm -hmm. having a mentor from day one who was basically going to, going to hold my hand. And like, luckily like the region and the, and the managers that I was with, they did a lot of like trainings and, um, and mentorship. But I, again, getting into the space and feeling like I don't have like the the funds or the money or the mindset that everyone does and being able to, to hire a coach. I think it also came with a little bit of pride too, that it was just like, Hey, I found this amount of success. Like, you know, why do I, I need to spend money on that? And I was also very frugal and cheap back then. Um, but yeah, it was the following year that I actually plugged in with a coach. Um, for several years, I was using the same guy, I call him Papa Kirk and, uh, he has done so much in sales. But for me, I wanted to be able to have that person who was grounded, who had nothing to do with me or the company and kind of just, um, relate and walk me through the emotions and things that I knew that I was going to be, be having while managing. And it made a big difference, uh, in managing teams and things like that for me by simply just having a coach. 
And what does that relationship look like? Is it more of, of like a therapist type of thing? Like I'm having these emotions. How do we work through it? Or is it very strategic in that here's your problems or things you're facing in the past, you know, week or how often you meet with them and yeah. here's what we're going to tackle. I, and I like that question because as time has evolved, I definitely like it, it's all separate. So right now I definitely have like multiple therapists and I have a coach and things like that. But during that time, he was like everything for me. I hadn't, Mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't in the mindset at that time, you know, doing a ton of like the personal work and things like that. And so he would give trainings um, for me personally on, on how to navigate the emotions that comes from door to door. We would talk a lot about like the personal life and kind of how to separate, um, you know, compartmentalize better. But yeah, he was there to be able to give sales training and there to be able to give like emotional support support and, and, you know, tools to be able to overcome taking my work life home and then vice versa. Yeah. Well, that's so cool. Cause I, I know that, you know, with managing reps, especially rookies, a lot of the phone calls you get as a manager is just, they just need a pump up, right? They just someone to yes. say, you know, it's going to come, just go out there and, and you can do it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but then I, I guess it's, it's kind of a, a similar relationship, right? Cause we go to yeah. correlation or a morning meeting and we learn these things. And so what, what was that transition like? Cause you did some coaching of your own. Is that right? Yeah, and I still do. I definitely put it on pause because I was overwhelmed by the number of people who reached out. Yeah, and good problem um, I to wanted have. to focus on my um my personal team and my direct downline. Um that yeah, transitioning it it definitely opened my eyes to the world of I want to create impact here in the door-to-door space. And I do find more fulfillment doing one-on-one and coaching than it is like actually, you know, just being out there. Like I absolutely love like knocking doors, but I know that as I'm in the process of transitioning out that like I am obsessed and I love the, uh, the coaching side that comes to giving people exact tools and seeing them actually utilize it. And like, holy cow, they found success from the same things that you were teaching uh, or, or um, utilizing yourself. Do you find that when you're coaching people, they'll have this epiphany moment where something just clicks in their head? Like you mentioned early on, uh, I think you said it was your third day, you sold like 11 accounts. And so it sounds like there's something that clicked. And I've seen that with other really good reps that we've had. And maybe it wasn't on the third day, maybe it was even a month in, but is it a one time, like a, a just shift that they get? Or is it just this additive flywheel that starts spinning over time? Yeah. Um, and again, you know, kind of just looking at all the different types of reps that that come and go, there are going to be a few of us where it is that one thing of just watching your managers on the door. Like, that's what it was for me. Mm-hmm. I watched this guy literally like he serviced seven appointment or seven uh, uh, pest control accounts in, in front of me. And for me, I, I'm one of those. I need to see it so I can do it. Mm-hmm. And it just clicked. And that's all I needed. For a lot of other people and most people that we bring into the door-to-door space, just like zero sales experience and coming from a background where uh, it's fine if they don't, it's okay if they do, it's going to be a lot of repetition in the the hand-holding. I find that I help more people find success who, you know, isn't so close to me because it's just like, you know, they're like... um, I get 24 access to Suli, so they take it more for granted. Mm-hmm. Whereas other people who don't like see me as often and things like that, it's just like they eat and breathe all the things that I'm teaching them. And because of the consistency and simply like, okay, all that Suli is saying, if I can do all of these things every single day, the numbers are going to follow. And so I, I like to, to teach people how to kind of just break that down and kind of do something that's called like fact finding and, um, they're okay knowing that it's going to come at the end of the day yeah. because they're focusing on their input over outputs. 
Mm-hmm. I did want to drill down on some specifics. So you mentioned earlier you'll write out your your script and, and you'll do it yeah. you know before every summer. Or, and and how does that shift? Will it be? I'm selling in this state or in this type of subdivision or this type of pest. Like, will you rewrite it for, for those different situations? Because you could have, you know, theoretically this huge tree of just all these branches. You know, they say ants, spiders, wasps, or, you know, I, I uh, have a heat pump. I don't, right, if we're selling solar. And, and so yeah. how do you work your way through the complexities of that? Yeah, so I do have multiple scripts. But when I'm starting, I tell everyone, you want one. One that aligns with you and period. It doesn't matter what state that I'm in. doesn't matter like what country or whatever. It's the belief system behind what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And obviously the way that I overcome objections is going to be completely different every single time. But the script and like the bread and butter of it, it's going to be the same exact thing every single time. You're just tailoring the way you you resolve the objection. And so in PEST, it wasn't like a something that I would do before summer. It was, if I was knocking a hundred days, I was writing the same script for a hundred days every single day. Mm -hmm. What I would do differently is like, Hey, these are the objections that I got today. I was getting a lot of not interested in this specific type of area. Now I'm going to just focus on like, what are three ways that I can like re say how to overcome that not interested. But like that script was the same script, no matter what state. And I, I've knocked in several. So now that I'm in the solar space, um, the days that I know that I'll be out there just setting appointments, I'm basically just focusing on my setting uh, script. And then when I transition into closing, I just, I, I'll, I'll focus on that for the day too. Interesting. I, I like the idea of writing down the objections uh, because yeah. just saying it, you know, it doesn't have the same effect, right? Then then actually yeah. sitting there with a pencil and working through yeah. it. And that's where, where, where the ego comes in and where a lot of experienced reps are not going to see the difference in, in themselves. Like, obviously, there's going to be people that come into door to door and they're talented. They're not going to write out their scripts. They're not going to do X, Y, Z. They're just going to put the hours on the doors and they're going to see their sales soar. But for the majority of us, including myself, there has to be a system or a metric that I'm going to follow every single day that's going to add up. And the three things that I feel like people take for granted or don't do is they're not writing out their script every day. Then they're not recording their said script in the mirror so that they can give themselves feedback and not just wait for the manager to tell them what they're doing wrong. And then lastly, they're not putting the consistent six to nine hours every single day. I'll give those three tips to everyone. They'll do it for like two weeks, three weeks, four weeks and ask why they aren't finding success. But the most successful people who come from no sales background, they're going to do that for a hundred days straight and they're going to find the success that they're looking for. Wow. That's super cool. And do you find people get like more robotic in it when, when they've said the script and is there some ways to counteract that? No, that that's how you become less robotic. Like oh. there are so many more reps like out there who just like, oh, they wrote their script one time and they're just waiting to be on the doors so that they can practice. Mm-hmm. But because they're not doing it off the doors, they still sound robotic. Whereas when you're watching yourself every single day and you're like, ew. Like, okay, I was a little pitchy on that. Like, my tonalities were 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 yeah. ugly. Like, you are gonna be less robotic on the doors because you're consistently writing it out and you're and you're recording yourself daily. Yeah, I can't think of a better way to get that kind of water off the duck's back mentality. Like when someone gives you an objection, to just there's no thought; it's immediate. I've already scripted yes. this. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, and so. 
now let's imagine for a sec, because you've hopped between different industries and you've had great success in, in all these ones, right? And so let's imagine today I invent some brand new widget or object, mm-hmm. something or other, right? And mm-hmm. I say, Suli, we got to go out there and we got to sell this. So mm-hmm. it's a two-part question now. How do you go about learning this product or service and what's specific to it? And then how do you disseminate that information to your sales team if you have one? Yeah. Um, and I do have a sales team. And um, when I started my my mentorship program, I a lot of people don't know this, but I went and traveled and I blitz for every industry. Like I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, I want to get like the mindset. I went and did 10 days with roofing. I went and did dish. I went and did alarms. I went and did windows. Um, and then I went and did uh, solar. And I wanted to prove that the same things apply to every single industry and it doesn't matter. And for me, I knew that taking the same work ethic from something that I knew for 12 summers straight and applying it to something that I knew nothing about, things were going to add up. And I didn't need to reinvent the wheel. That's what reps were wanting to do. It's like, okay, well, what if I can add this? What if I can take away this? All I needed was someone who was doing better than me. I wanted to know what their script was. The script isn't magic. Nobody's script is magic. But what is magic is the confidence from coming what the crap or the confidence from coming that you know how to overcome any and every objection, despite like what what neighborhood. And so for me, it's just simply taking that like it doesn't matter who's saying what or whatnot, whoever the number one person is in your office and your team. Hey, can you send me a script? Or even like your manager, hey, can you send me a script? That is going to be the script until you have found that you're consistently selling. Now you're going to change it up. Now you're going to going to switch it up. I still don't know everything about solar. What I do know is that I'm helping people save money, and that's all that I needed to portray when I was going to be on the doors. I don't even know batteries. and It was the same thing with pest control. I could be selling water, and I wouldn't even know because I believed the company that I was working for. I didn't need to know the ins and outs. I didn't need to know where the company was going. All I needed to know was that I was going to be given the proper tools and I was going to be told exactly what to say and I didn't need to reinvent the wheel. And so that's literally what I replicate to my teams. Like currently is I'm like, hey, you guys are going to go watch YouTube. You guys are going to try to go sign up for all these things. and You're going to want to like overload. I promise you this one page that I'm giving you is all that you need to be a six figure earner. But people are just like, there's no way it could be this simple. Like success is simple because the the stats and the numbers that have come with it. And so just teaching and portraying that simplicity and putting in the work ethic without needing to know everything. um, It's just kind of what has helped me find success and also doing that the same for my teams. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it's, seems almost impossible to know everything about the solar space, <laughs> just specifically. Yeah. There's so much going on, so many different units and, and measurements and all that. So yeah. even pest control, I didn't even know every single bug that we serviced. All I like, I didn't know what type of ant from a cockroach or whatever. All I knew was that the service was going to take care of it all. Definitely. Yeah. Well, that belief <laughs> is such an important part, like, and belief yeah. on multiple levels, right? Belief in what we're selling, belief in the company yeah. specifically providing yeah. that service. And then also the belief in, like you mentioned with the script, that what I'm saying is the right thing to say. And, you know, yeah. I'm doing the correct stuff, right? Yeah. Huh. No, a thousand percent. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, okay. Now slam dunk question for you here. Okay. Kay. Super easy answer. Have you ever had a sales slump? Oh, <laughs> every week, every day, like it's not a matter of, of you know, if you're going to have a slump, it's when and how quickly are you going to get out of it? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the difference between inexperienced reps, uh, you know, first year reps and higher producers is is how quickly we get out. Like I teach and preach this all the time, like every single day you're going to be having those moments where you either question yourself and things like that. What's going to matter the most is how quickly you're getting out. So, um, you know, daily, either I'm dealing with like the team or I'm dealing with like cancels or someone that's having like a, you know, low vibration day is really just affecting me. So I'll take those few minutes and it's just like I'm going to ask myself a few questions questions. Hey, in this moment, is it going to change the situation if I do X, Y, Z? Hey, in this moment, is anything else in my life going to change if I don't just keep knocking doors, you mm-hmm. know, at the end of the day? And so I, I just think that that's um, something to portray to people that it's just going to happen daily. And that's why we get paid the way that we do because of the way that we're going to overcome some of these slumps. 100%. And in many ways, that's the hardest part about what it is yeah. that we do, right? Just being able yeah. to be like, yep, I'm going to dust myself off and uh, yeah. get right back out there, right? Yeah. Uh, Even 15 years later, I still have like days and moments and months of like slums, but it's just like my habits will just, it, it, it'll always prevail. Yeah. Okay. So we did have a couple of questions uh, from people that they submitted online. And so okay. Daniela Laguna uh, would like to know, what is the most important thing to achieve a golden door? Oh, she's asking just for one, huh? I'm sure you got a whole um, list. Consistency yeah. in, in, in all aspects. Whatever your managers and people are like teaching you, most people are going to go and um, they're going to go do it for a day or two days or for a week. But if you're looking to separate yourself, you're definitely going to be a lot more consistent in every aspect, emotionally, physically, um, spiritually, in every which way. It's going to be about the consistency in your habits, the consistency in the way that you train, the consistency in the number of doors that you're knocking, the consistency in the amount of hours, the consistency of how quickly you're going to be getting out of those slumps. So I'm going to say consistency. Well, we'll take your word for it because, I mean, you talk about consistency, three back-to-back uh, yeah. golden doors. So, okay, let's pause on the audience questions for one sec and let's actually just go back, okay? So okay. Um, we talked about being a rookie, being experienced rep, and then kind of that rookie manager. And so we'll fast forward a couple of years to your first golden door summer. And yeah. let's contrast it maybe to being a rookie, but I'm, I'm almost more interested about being just a, a regular experienced rep. And I say regular, obviously, you know, you, <laughs> you had the top yeah. selling female record, right? But, um, you know, what, what was the shift uh, between those two versions of yourself? Man, it was it, it was belief. Um, so Brigham Lindsay, he's one of the goats in the pest control space. Uh, that was the year I was managing a team with him. Uh, his wife is one of my best friends and we hang out often. And he is just one of those reps that every single day he was servicing 10 pest control accounts. Yeah. And I always had the belief system that I was not a 10 a day pest control um account level rep. And for me, the click came like off the doors and the people that I was around, which was Brigham and, you know, other high producers um, in other offices, just becoming really good friends and rubbing shoulders, watching their belief behind what they were saying or doing. It's not something that you can teach. It's not something that you that you can learn, but I watched it with my own two eyes. This, this kid who just had the most, most confidence and biggest belief that he was just like, Suli, I am not any better than you. Like if I I know that I can do 10 a day because I'm putting in the work, Mm 
I've seen you put in the work. You just got to start telling yourself that you're a 10 a day level rep. And every single day that thousand uh, year, I told myself I was servicing 10 accounts. And it was just this competition between he and I. Everybody else were rookies and he and I were the only experienced reps. Well, we had a couple of experienced reps. We were on the doors before everyone. And it was just like our spouses were so annoyed by us at the end of the day because one of us had to show up later than the other person because we weren't coming home until we did the double digits. And so it was yeah. just belief. And my belief swapped when I became really good friends with someone who had a belief system better than mine. Interesting. And okay, so important question though, can you fake it in terms of the belief? Is there like a fake it till you make it sort of thing? Or is it just through repetition? Like I can, I will, I must every day. How do you yeah. get to that? You know, cause you've seen someone else do it and maybe there's something in the back of your head like, oh, well that's so-and-so, you know, they're the top rep. Right. And so yeah. do you just, how do you get there? And I know if like you can fake belief because for me all those years being in in door-to-door prior um to him like I had the work ethic I had the tools I was putting in the hours it wasn't that I wasn't like breaking my own personal records but I was subconsciously like telling myself like oh you know guys are always going to be better than me and things like that and so I can't say that it that belief is something that you can fake but I do believe confidence is something that you can fake mm. um, because I was super insecure all those years about a lot of different things. But most people that were around me, they wouldn't know that I was an insecure human being behind closed doors. And so belief, I don't think that you can fake, but confidence you can. <laughs> Interesting, because they do seem to manifest in similar ways, right? When you see yeah. that top selling rep, the belief in themselves and the confidence in themselves kind yeah. of both can manifest. But you're right. One is very real at a deep you know, personal level Deeper, yeah. and the other one's this facade that we can put on on the outside. Yes. And I definitely had the confidence facade. Yeah. So, but it wasn't the, yeah, it, it wasn't until the belief matched that things started changing in, in all aspects of my life. Yeah. And all the stars align and then you're on this rocket ship out to yeah. space. That's super cool. Um, okay. And kind of, so on this note, going with belief and, and talking about your outsized work ethic, right? So, um, Someone called Rise and Shine Leslie, cool name, um, <laughs> asks, how do you stay motivated doing DDD sales all day, every day when you're just dogging it out there in the summer? Yeah. So for most people, I guess, that are listening to this podcast or kind of your company, they're, they're summer reps. It's only four months. And I am very unique to where most people in the solar space, it's something that they're doing year round. And I definitely have my own challenges, you know, being the one consistent like summer program, you know, for, for solar. But for me, like your why has to be so big. And I know that that's cliche and a lot of us hear people saying it, but from this little old African-American Pacific Islander girl who came from like the slums to dream of only just like purchasing a house and like being able to like have unlimited funds to just simply pay bills and, and eat DoorDash if I wanted to, that was much bigger than the in moments of people like rejecting me uh, on the doors. Like my why was so massive that I didn't care if I was hated on the team, I didn't care if someone called me a biatch on the doors. I was like, I've seen this work and I'm going to do it because it ends in 100 days. Like, I don't care. It's, it's over in 100 days and I'm going to come back somewhere else. Yeah. And so for me, again, it's super cliche, but it's gonna, like your why it has to match. And I know that a lot of rookies and people who are coming to the space, it's kind of, hey, this is just a summer summer program. I don't really know what my why is. So I kind of try to sell people on the vehicle. 
What are you super passionate about in life? Whether it's acting, whether it's taking care of your, your parents' bills, whether it's doing this, screw what your big visions are. It's like in this moment, this vehicle is going to be the absolute quickest way you're going to pay off your mom's debt. You're going to pay off your, your school tuition. You're going to, so I talk to them about vehicle until they have figured out their why. So I, I just think that there's a, di- a big difference. And for me, I've always had a why since day one. For most people getting into this space, they have to look at it as just a vehicle, not a why. Interesting. And that's almost, to go back to what you started that with, that's almost the first hurdle of belief is believing yeah. in the larger dream itself and saying, I, I can get at some point in the future to a place where I can have DoorDash every single night, right? And I can yeah. travel and, and I can pay off my mortgage, I can pay off my my family's house and all that. And, and yeah. you know, even that takes a little bit of courage to dream that big, um, you know, let alone go out there and say, you know, I'm going to go out there and do a thousand accounts in the summer, right? <laughs> That that is true. There wasn't uh, very many seven year olds that I was around that I can share what my dreams and visions uh, were because people would have just laughed and thought it was stupid. Like it's too big, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, going on the um, on on the uh, topic of kind of this belief and learning and and the mentorship, right? And is there a way that we go about? teaching this belief or rather giving someone the confidence, right? The facade of belief mm-hmm. uh, until they can get to that point. And, and as your time yeah. as a coach, you know, what, what's this process like to get people there? Yeah, that's a good question. And all these things are like confidence, belief, all these systems are going to come the more success that you see. So the more that we're educating people on the systems that they need to do every single day, it's going to come naturally because they're finding their wins on inputs, not on outputs. So um, as I'm coaching or kind of like training people, it's to simply not focus on, you know, what the sales goals are, like what the, the initial outcome are, like what can you focus on every single day that you can check off? I can focus on what time I'm waking up. Uh, that's a win. I can focus on what time I'm showing up to meeting. That's a win. I can focus on how often I'm writing out my script. So if you take three specific things, and for me, it's going to be writing out the script, recording your pitch every day and working the minimum hours, like bare minimum, those three things, if taught and done properly, like every single day, one, they're going to see the sales, which then in turn is going to bring the confidence. And then from the confidence is going to become the belief. But too many people are just skipping the the three steps the three-step system, um, you know, three weeks in or four weeks in because they think that it needs to happen quickly. So I think having that open conversation and I tell people, hey, your first four to six weeks, I want you to look at it as training boot camp. You're simply only here to learn. Sales is just a cherry on top. You're just going to simply focus on these three things every single day and you're going to give me your best for the next four to six weeks. After that learning curve, we're going to be adjusting what it looks like at that point because you should be seeing success by that time. Interesting. And a lot of the time, I feel like as a manager, it's really tempting to move up that chain of competence to, uh, you know, advanced sales techniques, you know, read this book, read that book. And would you say kind of hold that off until you've had a couple months under your belt or would you recommend these books right off the bat? If people like shadow me or people who are to sit with me, I don't even say anything cool. I'm not saying anything extravagant. I am a basic sales rep with more work ethic than most people uh, is the difference. And I only stick to the basics, like period. I'm not saying anything cooler than anyone else. But yes, like I do not believe that people are fine. I, I believe that people aren't finding successes because they don't believe in the basics. And even 15 summers in, all I do is just focus on the uh, focus on the basics. My script, recording myself and hours on the door. I know if I'm doing those three things for the rest of my life, I'm going to find all the success that I need. 
Yeah. It just takes time, right? That's the secret yeah. ingredient everyone's looking for. Hard work yeah. across time. Yeah. Um, okay. And, and if you are going to go out and, and try to, um, you know, learn something new in sales or, or just, you know, I guess in any facet of life, really, uh, are you going to books? Are you going to audio books? Are you finding someone who's really good and, you know, hunting them down? You know, how, how do you learn new things? Yeah. So when I first started um, and I didn't really have like a ton of money to invest in a lot of things, it was all podcasts. I taught myself how to invest through listening to the Dave Ramsey uh, show, you know, Everyday Millionaire. And so I was super like frugal and like getting out of debt when I first started in door to door. And then I realized if I wanted wealth, I needed to learn how to invest and get into rooms with people who um, were investing. And so I'm a lazy investor. A lot of people ask me, hey, Sui, how are you finding success investing? How are you deciding which home? I am good at sales and I am good at closing deals. What I'm not good at is like all the the ROIs on investments and all these things. So I'm in a point in my life where I hire experts. So I focus only on my active income, which is door-to-door sales. And then I hire a project manager to take care of real estate. I hire rideshare platforms to take care of my vehicles. I hire a coach to teach me how to, you know, get to A A to Z. I am investing in therapists that I see every single Sunday because being a woman and in the space already has like its own challenges. So I am in the space of I believe in experts and I am good in sales. I am not good in everything else. But I know that for some people, spending a bunch of money and things like that is tricky. And so for me, podcast was the thing uh, that saved me until I got into a position where I truly believed in paying experts for everything. Excellent. Well, I, I definitely agree with the podcast section. I love those too. Uh, yeah. The therapy, definitely. Um, and, and when it comes to uh, learning new things, I guess just finding all these different sources and, and like you said, kind of upgrading as you get access to more and more yeah. funds, you know, you can have someone who's an expert because sometimes we get so cocky and we say, you know, I'm, I'm God's gift to door to door sales, right? Um, that, you know, you start to think I'm an expert in everything, right? And, yeah. and you're not, right? And, and nothing's going to, I guess, teach you that in such a quick and painful way as probably the stock market, right? They're going to slap no. you right in the face. Yeah, I don't have that much in stocks, but yes, I, yes, yeah. stocks will teach you that. Wonderful. Uh, okay. And I guess the last question for you here, if you're going to give some advice to that rookie that's going out there right on the doors, doughy eyed, they're green, they don't know what's going on, uh, but they know they have this dream, this vision, they want to make yep. it big in pass control, they want to make it big in their life. W- what is the message you have for that person? Yeah. For that first year rookie, it's all going to be about like systems. You know, people tell you to know your numbers, to, to, to know your stats. But I feel like all of that is irrelevant until you have mastered the basics. So for those of you like rookies who are looking to do amazing things, you know, in the door to door space, you have to be willing to perfect the tiny things. You're going to know the exact number of doors that you're knocking every single day. You're going to know the number of conversations that you need in order to get a sale. All of those are going to happen by first knowing exactly what to say, when to say it, and where to say it. If you don't have that mastered prior to getting to those two things, you're not going to excel as quickly as you want to. And then a lot of people are like, hey, it's going to be about skill set. Skill set is going to come after you know your numbers. Once you know and have the systems down, now it's going to be like, okay, what skill sets do I need to up level so that I can get to more doors or so that I can uh, turn more conversations into sales? But for me, it's just going to be focusing on the basics. A lot of people throw this out and they're going to miss this line. But if once you master the basics and you're okay for that 100 days or the entire summer, whatever it is, just only focusing on the wins for mastering the basics, the numbers are going to follow. That's a common line from coaches across 
all <laughs> different sports and, and business yeah, and all yeah. that. Keep it simple. Focus on the basics. I love it. And, and before we wrap it up here, where can we find uh, more of you, Sully? Are, are you on uh, Instagram, yeah, TikTok? So I, you that? can find me on Female Knockers uh, Unite. I have about uh, four or five people who manage that page. So sometimes I don't always get to, to DMs. And then also, like, if you click on the link, I do have a sales podcast, especially for you women. It's called Sales with Sully. And I share a lot of content and tips and things that have helped me uh, throughout my journey. But yeah, definitely reach out through Female Knockers Unite and check out my podcast, Sales with Suli. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to chat with us and and just impart some of that that hard-earned wisdom. Uh, you've had an incredible career, uh, something that's definitely to be admired, and I'm sure you're uh, someone who we can all look up to uh, throughout this thank summer. You, you know, so rookies, much. experience reps. Yeah. yeah, thank you guys so much for your time. Again, if you guys need anything, don't hesitate to reach out. Excellent. All right. Have a great rest of your day, Suli. You too. See you, Mateo. See ya.